0: Hey, Bible Y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Tuesday, December 26th. Happy Boxing Day, which does not celebrate Mike Tyson or any of the Rocky movies, or U Haul. Also known as St. Stephen's Day and Second Christmas, it originally commemorated the stoning of Stephen. Remember him? He was the guy the disciples put in charge of the Benevolence Fund so they could go pray more. Turns out, he was underutilized cause he was a man of powerful faith and did miracles among the people. And if your goal is to get in trouble with first century Jews, doing miracles in the name of Jesus is how you do it. Cause it spun the Jews up like a skill saw and they stoned him to death while Saul of Tarsus held their coats. Saul thought this was awesome and headed out to kill more Christians. But on the way, Jesus struck him partially blind on the side of the road and is like, now that I got your attention, I really didn't appreciate y'all killing my guys like that. How about instead we change your name to Paul and you go preach my word, cool? And Paul's like, yes, sir, I'm very sorry, sir. So not only was Stephen in on Paul's conversion indirectly, he was the first martyr. So he gets the first holiday after Christmas. But Baba y'all, Paul, that's fine and all, but why do they call it Boxing Day? Oh, that, well, Nobody knows for sure. They know it started in England and is still celebrated in all those countries that put the queen on their money, like Canada. And probably the deal was all the dukes and earls and such would have their family get togethers on Christmas and the staff would wait on them. Then they'd give the staff the next day off and that's when the dukes and earls would give the staff gifts in little boxes. And if you're wondering what that has to do with the stoning of Stephen, I don't know. I'm just glad it ain't another pagan fertility ritual. You know what I'm saying? Our reading for today is Zechariah 9, 1-17, Revelation 17, 1-18, Psalm 145, 1-21, and Proverbs 30, 32. So if y'all are ready, now I got that Duke of Earl song stuck in my head. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, yesterday on the 25th in the Old Testament, we read Zechariah 8, 1-23. And God's still talking about all the trouble Israel has caused him. He says, I was jealous for Zion with great jealousy. And I was jealous for her with great fury. Or toward her or against her, it could be translated. And the next verse says, I am returned unto Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth. So I think what he's getting at here is, he was mad and he punished his people. But now that's all over. We're getting back together. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, There shall yet old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem, and every man with his staff in his hand for very age. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets thereof. In other words, they're walking on canes not from disease or hunger, but just from plain old age, filled with life is the image. And that happened back then, and it started again in 1948. Then he says they'll be regathered, which he did back then, and he's in the process of doing again right now. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God, in truth and in righteousness. Okay, maybe, kind of, sort of. There's still a ways to go for modern Israel. There's still a lot of them that aren't back on the reservation yet, but I won't quibble. Then he says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Let your hands be strong, ye that hear in these days these words by the mouth of the prophets, which were in the day that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid, that the temple might be built. Because up to now, y'all couldn't have rebuilt it because of the affliction. For I set all men, every one, against his neighbor. But things are going to be different now. For the seed shall be prosperous, the vine shall give her fruit, and the grounds shall give her increase, and the heaven shall give her dew. And I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these things. So let your hands be strong. And all y'all got to do is speak ye every man the truth to his neighbor, and execute the judgment of truth and peace in your gates. And y'all remember the gates is like city hall. So like officially execute the judgment of truth is what he's saying. Let none of you imagine evil in your hearts against his neighbor and love no false oath. So you think they can pull it off or not? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then he says something interesting. He says, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the fast of the fourth month and the fast of the fifth and the fast of the seventh and the fast of the tenth shall be to the house of Judah joy and gladness and cheerful feasts. Therefore, love the truth and peace. We're not going to fast anymore, we're going to feast. Remember in the last chapter when he was dogging them out for setting up their own fast and how they set up four new ceremonies outside the Jewish liturgical calendar having to do with dates of captivity stuff? Well, here he says they can go ahead and keep observing those days, but now they're going to be for celebrating and not mourning. So apparently God can take secular holidays and make them holy. And I wonder if he does that with Thanksgiving or Christmas for that matter. And he wraps up by saying so many people are going to want to get in on this Jerusalem thing that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Amen. They're just going to grab hold of a Jew and make him drag him to Jerusalem.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, so we got good news. God will not be angry forever, but will restore them to greater glory than they've known in the past. So, in light of the good news that God's not left them to their own devices, they need to get their words and ways in line with the good news they just received. They need to mix that good news with faith by doing what God says. Individually speak truth and guard the heart. This plays out into leadership. It will be good, lawful, if as individuals we speak the truth to each other, or it will be bad, lawless, because evildoers draft folks To do their dirty work. God seems to tie these two together the way I see it. And we have an individual duty to monitor those that have authority. In America now more than ever. And there's two do's and two don't do's. And I think uh, the don't do's expound the do's. So do this. Speak truth to your neighbor. No facade, no posturing, no trickery on an individual level, which should be reflected on a leadership level. Leadership is to be marked by truth and peaceful judgment. No more bullying, vengeance, violence, uh, chaos. And then God expounds. Speak truth and don't even think about hurting your neighbor. So keep your heart. Don't covet. Make peace if there's a problem. You cannot speak truth and devise evil in your heart. An entitlement attitude, regardless of its root, can't love truth because they need what they want, which makes them fodder for wicked rulers and career politicians. Remember Doag? Doag the Edomite? He was trying to score points with King Saul and kill Jewish priests. And Nazi Germany benefited from covetousness. People could steal and kill and destroy the Jews. Folks turned on neighbors for gain. And do not love false oaths or perjury. This type of leadership hates truth, law, and order. Remember when the wicked rule, everyone suffers. There has been much violence and chaos supported, covered, and tolerated by those that think they may benefit from it. Whatever comes to steal, kill, and destroy is not from God. Remember Jezebel. She paid off false witnesses to get a piece of property the king was pouting over.
0: And then in the New Testament, we read Revelation 16, 1-21. And that's the bowls of wrath poured out on the kingdom of the beast. So here we go. Verse one. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshiped his image. And I heard one guy preach that this sore is caused by the actual mark of the beast, that the little batteries in the chips rupture. And the chemicals cause some bad tissue damage. But I think it's more along the lines of the boils in Egypt. Yeah. Because sores are an outward sign of inward corruption, medically and spiritually, and probably cause their worship in a false image. Verse 3, And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man. And every living soul died in the sea. And it became as the blood, not really blood, but it looked like blood. Whatever it is, it's bad. And by sea, does he mean all the oceans or just the Mediterranean? Or does the sea refer to the Gentile world? Probably not in this case, it's probably literally the waters. Also, the color of oxygenated blood is a shiny red, but after death it changes to darker red and then later it turns to brown and then black cause of the decay and the absence of oxygen and whatnot. So the waters didn't necessarily turn red. They could have turned any of those colors. And verse four, and the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And it says they became blood, but I don't think that's literally blood. I think that's paired with the verse right before it. And he's just being efficient in his use of language. I think it's still as blood. But anyway, then he praises God. He says, and I heard the angel of the water say, thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be because thou hast judged thus for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. And thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. So the rivers and everything, all the water, beast worshipers cannot find anything to drink but blood. And God's like, hey, y'all want to drink up the blood of the martyrs? Then that's all y'all get from now on. Kind of like when your dad caught you smoking and made you smoke the whole pack till you threw up. Actually, probably really not like that at all. And verse 7. And I heard another out of the altar say, even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. Some more praise. And then the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. And I don't know what this means. Maybe this has something to do with pagan sun worship. The sun was first worshipped by Nimrod and his followers in Babylon, and that was where the first temple to the sun was, and all this is about bringing down Babylon. But it don't matter, they don't repent. Because the next thing that happens is the fifth angel poured out his vial on the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. And that's more similarities to Egypt when they went through that darkness that they could feel. And they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. So kings of the east, who are these guys? I guess we'll find out because God dried up a river so they could just walk their army across. In verse 13, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. And the other day when we were talking about the beast that stood on the sand, in that section was where the false prophet was actually introduced. But for some reason, I just didn't think it was necessary to bring it up. But anyway, just like God has a trinity, Satan, who wants to be like the Most High, also has a trinity. It's him, the beast, and the false prophet. And here, they apparently spit some demons out. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world, to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. A battle against who? God Almighty. And where's it going to be? Israel. And verse 15 says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So God's people have sin, it's just covered by garments the Lord provides. Like Adam and Eve. So keep them on and don't get caught uncovered. In verse 16, he gathered them together in a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. He's talking about the armies them frog demons are rounding up. All the armies, I think. And they're gathered in the plains of Har Megiddo, which is 60 miles north of Jerusalem. And a lot's happened there over the years. That's where Gideon's 300 men defeated the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east. And Samson triumphed over the Philistines there. And Barak and Deborah defeated Sisera. And a lot more stuff happened there. In verse 17, the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings. And there was a great earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth so mighty an earthquake and so great. And he poured his vial into the air. And that's the last sphere of Satan's influence. He's the prince of the power of the air. And of high places and of the heavenlies. And when he says it is done, it's the same words as it is finished. It's to telestai, paid in full. Same thing Jesus said on the cross. And verse 19, the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of His wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. So I don't know if that means natural disasters. Or it's just everybody trying to distance themselves from Babylon, the governmental system. But I'm saying natural disaster. And verse 21, and there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And the men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. So that's kind of interesting. They were blaspheming and they got stoned, which is the penalty for blasphemy. So there's that. And according to Josephus, Roman catapults threw stones about the weight of a talent into Jerusalem in 70 AD. A talent's about 110 pounds. And that's when Titus leveled the city. So there's a precedent for this.
1: A lifetime of hardening the heart against God and cannot repent in the end. And the book of Hebrews reminded of those that died outside of the promise and warned not to harden our hearts when God speaks. We are to mix faith with his word every day because today is the day of salvation and today is the day we have.
0: And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 144, verse 1 through 15, and that's a Psalm of David. He says, blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. And coming from the guy who brought down a lion and a bear and a giant Philistine while he was still a kid, that's saying something. Mm -hmm. He says, Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him or the son of man that thou makest account of him? He does, though, because another psalm says we're all he can think about. He says, I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon a psaltery and upon an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto thee. And he wraps up by praising God for his goodness and mercy and taking care of his people.
1: How blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. Amen to that. And God teaches us by his Holy Spirit everything we need to know to complete our mission here. We just got to mix faith with God's word by acting in agreement with him.
0: And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 30, 29-31, which says, There be three things which go well, yea, four are comely in going. So it's another list. A lion which is strongest among beasts, and turneth not away for any. Because why should he back down? He's a lion. Mm-hmm. A greyhound and a an he-goat also. And one is fast, and both are agile. And a he-goat also hangs out at the front of his flock, ready to fight off attackers. So there's that.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. The belly goat?
0: Mm-hmm. Ah. Huh. And then it says, and a king against whom there is no rising up. And that's better translated, a king and his people with him. A king that has the hearts and minds of his people going along with him. Which I think is the real point.
1: So we have four things that walk with grace. Power, speed, grace, and stately are good ways to walk.
0: But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for December 26th is Zechariah 9, 1-17. The burden of the word of the Lord in the land of Hadrach and Damascus shall be the rest thereof, when the eyes of man, as of all the tribes of Israel, shall be toward the Lord, and Hamath also shall border thereby, Tyrus and Zidon, though it be very wise. And Tyrus did build herself a stronghold, and heaped up silver as the dust, and fine gold as the mire of the streets. Behold, the Lord will cast her out, and he will smite her power in the sea, and she shall be devoured with fire. Ashkelon shall see it in fear. Gaza also shall see it and be very sorrowful. And Ekron for her expectation shall be ashamed. And the king shall perish from Gaza. And Ashkelon shall not be inhabited. And a bastard shall dwell in Ashdod. And I will cut off the pride of the Philistines. And I will take away his blood out of his mouth and his abominations from between his teeth. And he that remaineth, even he shall be for our God. And he shall be as a governor in Judah. And Ekron as a Jebusite. And I will encamp about mine house because of the army, because of him that passeth by, and because of him that returneth. And no oppressor shall pass through them any more, for now have I seen with mine eyes. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt the foal of an ass. And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off. And he shall speak peace unto the heathen, and his dominion shall be from sea even to sea, and from the river even to the ends of the earth. As for thee also, by the blood of the covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit, wherein is no water. Turn you to the stronghold, ye prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will render double unto thee. When I have bent Judah for me, filled the bow with Ephraim, and raised up thy sons, O Zion, against thy sons, O Greece, and made thee as the sword of a mighty man. And the Lord shall be seen over them, and his arrow shall go forth as the lightning. And the Lord God shall blow the trumpet, and shall go with whirlwinds of the south. The Lord of hosts shall defend them, and they shall devour, and subdue with sling stones. And they shall drink, and make a noise as through wine. And they shall be filled like bowls, and as the corners of the altar. And the Lord their God shall save them in that day as the flock of his people. For they shall be as the stones of a crown, lifted up as an ensign upon his land. For how great is his goodness, and how great is his beauty! Corn shall make the young men cheerful, and new wine the maids. Our reading in the New Testament for December 26th is Revelation 17, 1-18. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will shew unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints, and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman, and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was, and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was, and is not, and yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains, on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings. Five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was, and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called, and chosen, and faithful. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes, and nations and tongues. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree, and give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city, which reigneth over the kings of the earth. And our reading in Psalms for December 26th is Psalm 145, 1-21. David's Psalm of Praise I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works, and men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness." They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness, and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts, and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all that fall, and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand, and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him, He also will hear their cry, and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love Him, but all the wicked will He destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. And our reading in Proverbs for December 26th is Proverbs 30, verse 32. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thine hand upon thy mouth. And that'll do it for the 26th. All right, y'all, let's do our 30 second meditation. Today's prayer is on Jeremiah 29:11, which says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So hit the 30 second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on how God looks out for us. Cause prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, so many times your word tells us of your love for us and your desire to protect us even though jeremiah wrote to judah in captivity we know you don't wish to see harm come to your children in fact your word says all things work together for good for them that love you and are called according to your purpose how much we want to be in that group in this coming year whether your plans for us involve prosperity or difficulty we trust father in your love and caring for us in jesus name amen Okay, that's all the Bible Y'allin I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray. for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family, And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try not to make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. You hear that? Yeah. It's neighbors setting off fireworks.
1: Oh. So I hope
0: that doesn't go on all night. Okay.